0: Hey everyone, welcome to the fullest podcast. Today's guest is Brian Smith, who is the co-founder of Wink and the founder of Wonderful Wine Co. Hi.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here speaking with you today.
0: Me too. I'm excited to learn more about you and what, you know, took you on your journey into the wine world and also just learn a lot more about natural wine as well because I'm very new to it and um, and yeah I think it's a wonderful wonderful beverage i love your wine as well so i'm really excited to learn more about how you ended up creating the company and everything
1: yeah absolutely uh it's you know wine is a, a real passion for me and i think um, there's been a lot of change lately uh, in a in an industry that um, is relatively unchanged for for a very long time and so um, the emergence of natural wines and um, you know uh, wines with fewer inputs rather than being um, sort of shaped to hit uh, to hit a certain palate profile and taste profile um, you know has been around for a long time but there's certainly a lot of energy around the term natural and there's a lot of excitement around um, this category of wine so happy to happy to talk more about that and also you know how, how we came up with uh, wonderful wine co which we're really excited about
0: yeah, well I'm glad that you brought up the fact that there's been kind of a lot of change recently because I think of Wink also as a company that you know is at the forefront of change in general with the wine industry. I mean, you guys built a really strong brand and so I think I'm just really excited to see um how you educate people in the natural wine on natural wine and that world as well. But I'd love to learn about how you started wink and how that idea came to be it
1: um yeah happy to so um, we've been around for a little while now we've been around for about seven years
0: yeah
1: um, what really started with a simple idea which was um how do you make wine easier for people at scale yeah. right and uh at the time you know uh, e-commerce and wine greatly under indexes other uh consumer categories electronics apparel uh, home goods, uh, furniture, you, you name it, sort of across the board. Um, and really, you know, many of uh, many of the best sort of brands or, or wineries uh, in the space have also built and been built over the past 20 years in a direct consumer fashion. So but more people visiting tasting rooms and um, trying something uh, in the context of a winery and taking something home or signing up for a list. So Um, It's been an important part of the wine business, but it it had never really been explored uh, from a strictly e-commerce perspective um, as we had done. And so when we started out, it was like, we want to make it easy. You sign up, you answer a few questions, and we start um, helping you explore this really diverse world um, uh, by making recommendations. So personalized, uh, curated, um, and you get a couple bottles of wine each month that, that likely fit your palate profile. Um, and then as you consume the wines and enjoy the wines, you you make um, sort of ratings and we get um, a fair amount of data and information um, from our customers. And we ultimately take that data, um, which really isn't doesn't exist in the normal wine space if you're a producer selling into a store or a wholesaler. And so we take that data and and we started making our own wines and um, sort of taking that consumer feedback loop and pulling it all the way back into um, the decisions we're making in the vineyard and, and sort of the brand identities that we're building for our products. And, and so today, um, wink is uh, a portfolio of brands. You can visit, uh, wink.com it's really a key for, for e-commerce for us, um, where you'll find all of our brands and that recommendation and discovery and diversity. And then we have, um, brands that have grown up sort of outside of, of wink as well. Brands like summer water, which is, uh, a family of rosé driven brands we have a sparkling brand you could that's the official wine of the hollywood bowl when that was open um you'll find it in Whole foods and in the restaurants restaurants retail stores uh and then brands like uh and projects like wonderful wine co so um you know it's a very diverse company but it's really about being committed to the consumer um valuing that relationship to uh build trust so we can turn people on to to new products Um, and then um, allow allow us to be more creative because we're connected to the consumer um, to make things like Wonderful Wine Co. and and kind of push innovation in, uh, in this category.
0: Taking a moment to tell you about the latest in the gummy world, Herbaland's new line of beauty gummy vitamins has changed the game when it comes to keeping up that glow. And their latest and newest member of the beauty family is Acai Berry Twist which helps increase your antioxidant levels and ups overall our detoxification game. They also have added their vegan collagen booster and pure beauty gummies for those of you that want a quick, easy, and yummy way to get your collagen in. We're super happy to have partnered with them to give you 25% off your order today at Herbaland.com. Use code THEFULLEST at checkout. Enjoy! did you have a background in e-commerce or was it your intention from the get go to collect all this data or did it naturally happen?
1: Yeah, I actually didn't. I, um, my background's pretty diverse. Like I, I, after college, I was a pro snowboarder. So I did that for a while. Um, but wine is a real passion for me. I was living in Jackson hole, um, still wanted to snowboard during the day, but, um, you know, didn't wasn't really sponsored anymore. And so I took a job in a wine shop working at night, it was really a liquor store. And people would come in and ask, uh, you know, why should I buy this Cabernet, the $70 cab versus this 13? And I had no idea. And out of um, sheer insecurity, I started to read about it and taste wine so I could at least be somewhat informed. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with wine. Um, it just sort of happened for me the cultural significance, the, um, the history, of sort of the diversity. And the fact that you could have all of this theoretical knowledge that you could build up around something you actually taste uh, was really cool. My favorite part of it was turning people onto wine. So I come from um, a wine background versus an e commerce, um, but I've also worked in finance and as an entrepreneur and fashion uh, e commerce to some degree. But uh, really, my wine experience comes from that passion and being a sommelier, which ultimately led me into different hospitality projects and leverage technology uh, in a, in a physical environment to engage people with wines. I had a wine bar called Clo in New York. Um, and then also starting my own brand called, uh, Localinda and Jolie full, uh, where I made wine in Argentina and Provence and was importing it, uh, and distributing it nationally. And so I came from, I sort of had, uh, experience across the entire range of wine from making it to importing it to selling it, um, working in hospitality and building lists. Uh, and, you know, across the entire piece. Uh, and when I met my partners, they had experience in hospitality, but also in the payment space where many okay. of the e-commerce metrics come from. Yeah. Uh, and when we got together, it was like, wow, how do we take sort of this experience and this passion for the category um, and this knowledge that can be applied in a new way to the category and uh, and, and start a business?
0: It's like the Netflix of wine, basically. <laughs> but <Yeah>. in a <laughs> like, way cooler way. I don't want to say that, but yeah, like then it's curated what works for you and the the algorithm understands you. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it really is. It, it's, it, it's pretty interesting because, um, when we started, uh, you know, it was really about uh, acquiring customers and having great products, but it was more about how do we find people to, um, sort of join way and then it evolved into very much like Netflix, which I think um, you know is pretty interesting. They're really just investing in great content and programming, right? And yeah. so when we think about our products and our wine, that's, that's what we're doing. We've attracted an audience. We've built trust. Now, how do we get better at creating great products? And So that's kind of the phase of the business um, that we're in now, and it's, it's a fun phase.
0: Cool. Okay. So you're in the space. What sparked your interest in natural wine? Were people asking about it or was it something that you were, you know, passionate about because you came from that world?
1: Uh, I've always been super excited about it. Um, I mean, I think very early on, I, I did a tasting in like in my New York wine bar, that was all Beaujolais before Beaujolais was, was really cool. So um i've always been into it and what i love about it is um i think the wines are great i love the natural element the zero additives handmade um uh, piece of it but i also love the fact that it's a category where you can really uh collect very precious things um mm-hmm. much like you know, wine collectors that collect burgundy that's thousands of dollars and you have in your cellar um but you can do it in that like Twenty to fifty range, and get some really interesting things. So the exploration of that category is really fun. I also think, from a stylistic point of view, the flavors are—they're um, very bright, they're very uh, sort of tart. There's a lot of energy in the wines, and I personally find that really attractive. And um, a lot of a lot of the modern palate moves more towards uh, kombucha-like flavors that are bright, poppy, snappy sour spicy versus just sugar um which is sort of like you know historic point in the u.s yeah so a lot of it so, comes from my, personal and my own personal yeah. consumption habits
0: that's awesome so then does that mean does natural wine okay is natural wine the same thing as raw wine like we need a little 101 on this
1: yeah the 101 is like <laughs> Uh, it is, you know, it's it's very loosely defined yet very tribal space. The people who um, are natural wine producers and purveyors and advocates—it's a pretty tight knit group. But essentially, with natural wine, there isn't any the legal definition. It's really, um, it's really having zero input. The you're not really adding anything, and you're not really taking anything away. So they tend to be, you know. Um, Farmed uh, very oftentimes biodynamically or organic, but usually they aren't certified. They aren't going through the process of certifying. Um, They're made with usually natural yeast, so you're not adding yeast. The yeast just whatever's in your vineyard kind of kicks off and creates that um, fermentation. Uh, And then they're um, typically um, not fined or or filtered. There's no filtration. Uh, or, or bottle prep or additions when you go into the bottle and so um that's kind of the basis uh you know there are different degrees of what people do they're certified organic which is a bit more rigid um they're sustainable uh certified sustainable which is sort of a regional uh, application but i think in general natural wines are sort of wild wines with uh, zero zero in, inputs and, and zero uh, zero taken away
0: That that's a really good way of putting it because when I started um, looking more into it, I, I, in the past, like I've had maybe a glass of Kate or different wines that say they're biodynamic, but that's not the same as a natural wine. So can you explain a little bit about what those, um, you know, those companies that aren't necessarily a natural wine, but they're, you, are they just using biodynamic grapes maybe in their wine? Is that
1: I think to some degree natural wine has a style to it too because there are some very um sort of famous blue chip bordeaux you know expensive bordeaux chateau that um are using biodynamic but um are using you know um oak and sort of filtration and and other techniques along the way so in that case they're they're basically saying like we think biodynamic farming produces the best raw material and the best sort of positive life cycle for that year to continue to produce, um, but um, the way we make our wines is is um, you know is a little different <laughs> because we think we, we think this is the best. Uh, we think we can turn this great raw material into the best expression of itself by introducing um, some other variables. Um, so I think that's the big difference. Is you definitely have a lot of what would be considered traditional wine producers that are are taking going to the extreme lengths of great biodynamic uh farming and stewardship of the vineyards um but are are not what you would call uh they wouldn't fall into the natural wine camp which um like i said before tends to be like a more stylistic um thing where the wines are a little wild there's bottle variation they're aged for a long time typically um, the reds are, you know, best served sort of bright, young, and cold. Um, and the, you know, and the whites are sort of orange and funky. Um, so I think that's what people think of uh, when you think of natural wine. There's sort of the practices, the practical practices behind it. And then there's a stylistic imprint that I think has become quite popular in the States.
0: That makes sense. Um I really enjoyed trying all the different ones that you guys came up with. So tell us more about what's next for Wonderful Wine Co. Do you think that there's going to, I mean, you have a market, a target audience that's probably hungry for this because they want to enjoy a glass of wine, but they don't want to feel guilty about it. They want to stick to their, you know, organic diet or what keto, whatever, maybe not keto, but paleo, right? So yeah, yeah. You have that audience that knows and appreciates it but i know that there are so many people that don't know so what's the yeah what's the strategy with you guys is there going to be a lot of education that you invest in are you just like kind of going after the people that know a combination
1: so yeah some of the you know a lot of the impetus comes from a personal love for natural wines and doing right by the environment but you know wink as a company we We've been leaning in this direction, although it's a big ship to to steer in that direction. Um, a lot of our wines are low in sugar, uh, no added sugar. Um, they tend to be 90% or low sulfur. Um, 60% of what we produce is sustainable and climbing. Um, and we've done a lot just in terms of the supply chain because we're direct consumers. So um, anything from removing capsules, you'll notice that our wonderful wine co wines don't have capsules on them um you know the little tin or plastic cap because oh. yeah. yeah you know at the top of the bottle there's like a tin or plastic kind of cap that you take off before you remove the cork yeah we didn't really we, you know, we were like people drink our wines young that's the reason they have those is so you can age wine and the cork is protected from like rodents or erosion in the cellar or whatever um, so we've done things like eliminate those and eliminate, we've eliminated millions of capsules. Uh, we use lightweight glass, we use sugarcane corks. Um, we, we move our, our wine around whenever possible. So, um, there's been a push towards sustainable sustainability for our company. Um, and we've also seen that p- people really like these light, flat, low sugar styles of wine. Um, so when we, when we thought about starting, um, you know, wonderful. It was like, how do we, you know, how do we take what we've learned from our customers, this sort of passion for the category and make something really cool and, and relevant. And so, um, you know, we wanted to start with great products, but we wanted to um, sort of go through and pick as many boxes as we could of like what we thought made a, a really great wine that was uh, vegan. So not using any animal products um, in filtration uh, it was sustainable. It was certified organic, uh, low sulfur, um, low to no sugar, nothing added, uh, and nothing and nothing taken away. Um, and that's kind of where we started. And then from the brand, well, I live in. I live in LA. Wellness is a, a big thing. Um, I like to feel that I incorporate wellness in my life, um, but I do it. I'm also in the business, so I do it in a way where it's not like i'm not like so militant right like i'll do yoga i work out but i like a great glass of wine and so we really oriented the brand around um the great qualities of it but wellness without deprivation right it's like wellness without uh torturing yourself because at the end of the day it's like we're putting great glasses of wine in front of people um and so i think that really comes through in the brand and then you know that really let that really allows us to experiment in terms of um, who we work with, how we communicate, and, and sort of where we take the product. Um, one of the first things that we've made that's really exciting, we made it, um, you know, uh, like many of the wines were just released last year, uh, but we're doing a bunch of skin contact wines. So orange wines that are made like um, similar to a red wine, uh, but that have a real amber hue and a different profile. So uh, we've got all sorts of experiments that will come out, um, things that are in tank and things that we're preparing for this harvest um, that will come out for wonderful over the next 12 months.
0: That's so exciting. Yeah, I was going to ask you because um, it takes so long from concepting to actually having the beverage come to fruition. And it's similar to any other wine as well. But with natural wine, like you said, there's no inputs, no outputs. So I feel like it's an even more delicate so how far back, I mean, how long have you guys been, you know, working on Wonderful Wine Co before finally launching it?
1: Um, yeah, about a year, about a year and a half, really. Um, and we actually started working, you know, we were working on the wines before we had, um, you know, as we were building sort of the brand identity and and really what it would look like. Um, so about, about a year, a year and a half, we're just, um, we've released some of the wines that we made very early on that are early release, but we're actually just bottling a couple for the first time um, right now. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, this harvest, we're, we're preparing for like, okay, you know, we're out in the market now and we're getting feedback. What do we, How do we continue to use this kind of cool, fun platform to push innovation in this category next year? So we're just coming into harvest, uh, you know, in a few months here.
0: That makes sense. So how long does it ferment for?
1: Yeah, fermentation really depends on um, it depends on the on the grape, right? So um, you know, red wine fermentations are typically a little longer because you're well, especially if you're fermenting on the skins because you're trying to tr- extract all, all the color in a wine. It comes from the skins. You know, if you eat a grape, the center of it is basically like clear. Yeah. Um, so the more time you're fermenting or sitting on the the skins. Um, the more color and extraction you get, so it really it really kind of depends probably typically fermentations are longest on the the red wines that we're doing, and orange wines are are pretty long as well and then mm-hmm. wines are pretty and roses are pretty quick
0: is it like months or because natural wine is it less than a different or uh, um traditional method
1: well it it kind of depends it kind of depends actually because it's uh, you are um You're sort of leaving the yeast to uh, to eat the sugars and not accelerating it by adding anything. Um, So it it can kind of kind of depend. We actually made we made a wine in France with a friend of ours. It was in contact vin, and it was in a cold cellar in uh, Burgundy, and that the fermentation started. And it was like going really slow, going really slow. And then it got really cold in the cellar and the yeast went dormant. And so fermentation just stopped. Um and then it warmed up again and it came came back again. And we were just kind of whittling our thumbs, like waiting to to see what was gonna happen. So um there's definitely some uh you're definitely waiting for, for nature to sort of run its course uh, with, with natural. Wines,
0: so, and I know that Wonderful Wine Co. You can just go on and purchase a bottle. It's not the same as Wink, where it's on a membership or a subscription. So, are you going to introduce Wonderful Wine Co. into Wink subscriptions, or is it kind of going to stay separate and maybe eventually have its own?
1: Yeah. So, so we do. Um, we we do. We'll, we'll do both eventually. So, um, you know, Wonderful Wine Co. is definitely the the place to to go. Uh, to find it uh, right now and continue to add some special things there um, even as we make some of it available um, to uh, you know our members on on Wink um, so there'll be like exclusive drops and releases and things that happen on Wonderful Wine Co um, throughout the next six months and then we'll also start to um, sell more the wines, specific wines that have been rated really highly by our customers into um, retail and, and restaurants.
0: Oh, awesome. So it'll be on site as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's yep. really exciting. And are your yeah, other yeah. wines on site right now, or is this kind of going to be the first um, product that you guys have that's with, um, at other places?
1: Yeah, so um, we, we do sell some other wines. We have uh, Summer Water, which is um, Central Coast Rosé made from Grenache um, that we sell uh, pretty broadly in, in stores, uh, and in restaurants when, um, you know, when they're, when they're open and recovering which will be open soon. Um, and, uh, we also have a Pinot Noir project called Folly of the Beast, both highly rated wines, um, that have been very successful and are available sort of outside of our e-commerce, uh, ecosystem. Uh, so there are a number of them and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're growing quickly and you can find them in, um, whole foods and independent restaurants and retailers and as well as some chains.
0: Awesome. And if someone wants to go learn more about wonderful wine and maybe buy a bottle, but also just learn more about natural wine from you guys specifically, do you have that on your website?
1: Yes. You can visit uh, wink.com or wonderfulwineco.com, uh, And you can find out more about uh, our, our company and, and uh, and the cool things that we're making.
0: Yeah, you guys have lots of cool things. I think I've heard of Summer Water. Is it at Whole Foods?
1: It is It is at Whole Foods. They've been a great partner for us. Um, so you you can see it uh, and find it there.
0: It's that's been, so uh, cool. That's so hopefully Wonderful Wine Co. will be at Whole Foods and people can have access to it if they want it last minute. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, and from our, from our e-commerce sites as well, we ship within... Uh, two-day shipping to most of the U.S. So if you're not near a Whole Foods or, or can't find it, you can maybe, um, find us online as well.
0: That's so awesome. Well, thank you. It was so nice to meet you and chat and learn more about Natural Wine and the difference and also just about your company in general, just Wink and all the different projects. I, I appreciate you guys being so um, you know, just a big, at the forefront of sustainability and making so much change within the entire company, not just the segment that's, you know, targeting wellness people. I think that's really important for people to know. And I'm so glad that we touched on it for a little.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is a, it is a work in progress with a lot of work ahead, but I appreciate that. And thank you so much for having me. love what you do.
0: Hi everyone, let's take a moment to discuss your mattress. Finding a comfortable, non-toxic, and chemical-free mattress became a main priority for me once I found out what traditional mattresses are made from. Not only are they not sustainable for the environment, but they're also detrimental to our health when we consider the amount of time we spend laying on our mattress, which is about a third of our lifetime. I'm so happy to announce that this podcast is supported by Avocado Green Mattress, offering mattresses that are handmade in California with certified non-toxic and organic materials. Avocado Green Mattress is climate neutral certified and a member of 1% for the planet, where 1% of all sales, not profits, but sales, which is a lot, go to environmental nonprofits. So, visit avocadogreenmattress.com and use code THE FULLEST for $150 off a mattress for the fullest podcast listeners. I really, really love my mattress so much, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about yours.